I'm Chris Epting, and this is Roadside Baseball, the podcast. In the new edition of my book, Roadside Baseball, I include many newly discovered Babe Ruth-related sites. Any book about baseball geography will obviously be heavy with Babe Ruth locations, but still, I just can't help myself. Ever since I was a little kid, Babe Ruth has been a very important American figure to me. When I learned he was laid to rest right near where I grew up in Westchester County, New York, every August 16th, the anniversary of his death, I would make a pilgrimage there and leave my Yankee cap at his grave. My mom would take me every year, and then I would go get a new Yankee cap, play baseball in it all year, and then repeat the cycle once again each August 16th. I always cherished those visits to Gate of Heaven Cemetery in Valhalla, New York. As far as how he fits into roadside baseball, the babe was like the Paul Bunyan of baseball, leaving his mark in so many places far and wide all over the world. Some of the new locations in roadside baseball include where he may have hit his longest home run, where technically he last appeared as a player, and where one of his most famous home runs landed in a pool full of alligators. Those are all great stories, and I'll include them in future editions of this podcast, but today there's another Babe Ruth landmark that I want to tell you about. It's a little-known story about the curse of the Bambino. If you're any kind of baseball fan, you've probably heard of it. It describes the 1920 acquisition of Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees from the Boston Red Sox. Although it had long been noted that the selling of Ruth had been the beginning of a decline in the Red Sox fortunes, the term Curse of the Bambino was not in common use until the publication of the book The Curse of the Bambino by the fine writer Dan Shaughnessy in 1990. It became a key part of Red Sox lore in the media thereafter. The sale of Babe Ruth from the Boston Red Sox to the New York Yankees is still arguably one of the most important transactions in baseball history. What came to be known as the Curse of the Bambino was the start of a decades-long dynasty for the Yankees and the beginning of an 86-year World Series drought for the Red Sox. Harry Frizee was the owner of the Boston Red Sox, a franchise that was deeply in debt. Frizee needed cold, hard cash and was willing to sell his star player to the Yankees to get it. Jacob Rupert, the owner of the Yankees, had a different problem. Rupert was making a small fortune selling beer during Yankees games, but Prohibition was about to put an end to all of that. So Rupert would have to find another way to keep fans coming to the games, and he believed signing the Babe would be the answer. There was just one problem. Nobody knew where Babe had gone in the offseason, and Rupert needed to close the deal fast before Frizee or the Babe could change their minds. So Rupert sent the team's manager, Miller Huggins, unsigned contract in hand on a search for the man of the hour, George Herman Ruth, with orders to get the Babe's signature on that contract. Soon, Huggins was on a fast train heading west. Now, Hollywood at the dawn of the 1920s was an open city, and with Prohibition becoming official in a matter of days, the clubs, bars, and saloons swelled with patrons having their last legal sip of alcohol. Huggins arrived in the midst of all of that. He knew the babe was in Los Angeles, but where? This is where the story becomes a bit apocryphal. No one knows for sure how Huggins found the babe, but Huggins did find him on the 18th fairway of the golf course in Griffith Park. Some say the babe signed the contract 
just to get Huggins off his back so he could finish his round of golf. The actual signing took place at the clubhouse at the Griffith Park Golf Course, which is still there today. As well, a plaque commemorating that historic moment in 1920 sits under a tree at the 18th hole, marking it forever as the site of the birth of the curse. I'm Chris Epting. Thanks for listening.